0: Welcome to another episode of Behind the Stigma. This podcast was created to discuss the many popular beliefs and preconceptions surrounding mental disorders and some of its controversies. We will be exploring the question, how much of mental health is rightfully diagnosed or are we simply creating stigmas? Each episode will uncover topics close to my heart with our clinical psychologist as well as our special guest speakers. I hope you'll find these discussions as valuable and as insightful as I did uncovering them. I'm your host, Yara and I'm here with Alina Vasilake, the podcast's clinical psychologist. Alina, how's it going? Hello there.
1: Everything is going well. I'm so happy to be here again one more time discussing <laughs> one interesting topic that you bring to us. So let's give it a go.
0: For our second episode, I want to talk about a term that is really popular right now and embraced by the self-help and new age movements, the inner child. So the inner child is actually a concept that arises from psychotherapy. It's about the traumas we carry with us from childhood to adulthood, and it's usually done on a subconscious level, so we don't always willingly know it. I believe that most of our behaviors and negative schemas, which Alina will talk a little bit about, and the way we perceive the world around us is shaped by our growth and our development from childhood to adulthood. So, Alina, before we get into what we mean by our inner child, can you tell us a little bit about why childhood is so important in mental health?
1: Yes, sure. And again, I want to say this from the beginning. I will explain things from my perspective and from the approach that I use in psychotherapy. Okay, talking about childhood and how important this is, it's a a typical thing. You go to see a psychologist, and they'll always take you back to childhood. And a lot of the times, My people, they come to consultations and they say, but why are we talking about childhood? This is my life now. Let's Mm -hmm. focus on now, right? And I always go back to the origins and I always tell them it's so important to go back and see what we have in childhood. Why? Well, because the base is there, right? So everything Mm -hmm. starts there. And we need to remember that us as humans, when we are children, well, our brain is not fully developed, Mm -hmm. right? Neurologically, we don't develop until we are 18, 20 years old, until we're adults. So what it is, the neocortex, the rational understanding of things is not there yet when we are children. And the way we see the world, the way we see ourselves, the way we respond emotionally Mm -hmm. it will be based on two things it will be based on as we will talk later on on the attachment that we have with the main figures of attachment of Mm -hmm. caregivers but also events that happen during childhood so whatever we have in childhood is essential Mm -hmm. and we have to look into it to find answers for who we are or how we respond to things in the now
0: yeah And like you said, our brains as children aren't fully developed, and we know for humans that learning is at its peak from ages two to seven. So when you think about it, it's why kids are so much better than adults at things like learning the piano or learning more than one language, for example. Our brains, when young, are like sponges that absorb everything, which includes the experiences we have and, you know, the feedback we get from our environment and our primary caregivers. Now, you mentioned that we rely on our parents for our feedback or emotional responses. So how critical would you say are our caregivers, whether it's our parents or any other maternal or paternal figure in terms of our development? Very critical.
1: It's basically, it's a must. It's really a condition of our developing neurological development because actually out of all the vertebrates, us humans, we are the least neurologically developed when we are born. And that's why... We stay with our parents for so long compared to the rest of animals if we look in the wildhood, So the actual development, neurologically speaking, Mm -hmm. the development of our brain depends a lot on the attachment that we establish with our parents, mothers, or whoever takes that role in our life. So it's essential. We need to remember that, again, back to the idea of neurological development, our brain in childhood, it's simply, you know, the reptilian brain. We have three layers, kind of, yeah. We have the reptilian brain, which is in charge of surviving basic functions of life. And then we have the limbic brain, which Mm -hmm. is emotions and memories and all of that. And then only after that is the neocortex that comes and ends the development in adulthood. So whatever happens in childhood will basically stay as a scar, as a a mark on the inner brain. And that's why a lot of the times, although as adults, we understand things from a rational point of view, but the way we feel those things Mm. is from the inner brain, right? And that's why it's so hard. And that's why we need to work so hard with the therapy to actually achieve changes in the way we are. Yeah, that's why a lot of the times we say, What's going to give you a change is the therapy. It's not the medication. The medication can help, definitely, and can reduce a lot of suffering and a lot of symptoms. But if we want to achieve a change, it's only the therapy. And that's why the therapy takes a long time, because we are really making changes that sometimes are even, yes,
0: neurological changes. Well, since we're getting into a bit of a, you know, neuroscientific explanation here, I'll also add that as toddlers, we have twice the amount of synapses in our brain, uh, which are basically the connections between our neurons. Neurons being the cells in our brain that receive all sensory, visual information and stimuli externally. So we receive and learn things twice as quickly. And we know that neurons that fire together wire together. So basically, the more negative our experiences are, the stronger those neural connections will be, hence reflecting our limited beliefs uh, as adults. So I feel like now that we have established the importance of childhood, let's talk about the concept. So what is this inner child and what do we mean by the inner child? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So inner child, such a beautiful concept. We do, <laughs> I use it so much in my therapy. Of course, there are different perspectives and different approaches. I follow mostly something that is called schema therapy. Can you explain a bit about schema, like what the word schema means? Um, Well, it's difficult to understand. Schema, again, means this core beliefs that we establish early in childhood. And a lot of the times we live life through these schemas. Yeah. So again, the way I see myself, the way I see the world, the way I see others and I respond is through these schemas, yeah? Just like I was saying, a little bit like I was saying before about these scars that are there ingrained in our inner brain. So what is the inner child? Okay, I'll simplify things to the maximum so everybody can understand this. When I say inner child and the way I explain it to my people in sessions, inner child is the part of us, we all have it and it stays with us during our whole life, okay? But it's basically the part of us that feels, needs, wants. So every time we feel something, every time we want something, every time we need something, we are connecting to our inner child. As simple as that. Mm -hmm. So the moment you feel an emotion, feelings, you are in
0: your inner child. Are there different types or styles of the inner child?
1: Okay, this is more complicated a little bit because by default, Mm -hmm. a child should be a happy child, okay? But we will keep our inner child in a happy mode only if we are functioning from an adaptive version of us, okay? So there will always be another version of us that is the parent mode, now, the parent mode is what we internalize from parents mostly or other important figures in our life is what we internalize from society and what is expected from us and rules and you know all of this. If we have this parent mode that plays a huge role in our head as well, and this is in an adaptive, we have it in an adaptive manner or version, our inner child will be kept in a happy mode, mm-hmm. playful mode which is how things should be right which is how people function at their best but if our parent mode it's a maladaptive one which basically means we are critical demanding or punitive towards ourselves because this is what we've received from outside during our childhood and mm-hmm. I'll come back and explain this again so if we are functioning in our life from a maladaptive parent mode we will trigger in our child, what? Uh, we will make our inner child feel vulnerable. And when our inner child feels vulnerable, we go into a child mode that can be angry, impulsive, or undisciplined.
0: Okay? So could you give an example someone who has a wounded inner child? How would they act? Maybe give us an example of a situation or a habit that they kind of tend to fall into when they have this kind of maladaptive or vulnerable, angry, impulsive behavior.
1: Okay. so. Going back to the fact that we internalize what we receive from our main figures of attachment, yeah, so the way our parents are parenting us, okay, has, as we said before, a huge impact in our adult personality and character, right? In general, we will internalize this voice of our parents, okay? And that's the way we will talk to ourselves constantly in our life. We don't realize it, but we have this voice in our head that constantly is evaluating every step that we take, right, in life. So when we have, for example, we've internalized a maladaptive voice of my parent because my parents were, let's say, demanding or they were very critical or they were very punitive, this is how I will treat myself. This is the feedback that I'll constantly give to myself. So let's simply say that my parents were very strict, And that does not mean that my parents did not give me love and affection. Okay, they might have done Mm -hmm. that. But on the other hand, for whatever reason, our brain is a little bit biased and will always pay more attention and take more the negative. So what I will internalize is actually the negative of what I've received from my parents. So if my parents, they were really loving and taking care of me, but at the same time, they were pretty demanding and strict, That is what I will internalize. And this is the way I will talk to myself during my adult life. It starts in childhood, but it will stay with me during my whole life, except if I go through the therapy and change that. Okay. So let's say that I have a very demanding critical voice in my head. And let's say that I made a mistake at work. And my critical voice says, you are such a failure. You really cannot do anything right. Okay. in this moment, when I have these thoughts, they're just thoughts, right? I don't even realize that I have them, but we do have these thoughts. But every time I have this thought, my inner child will feel immediately scared, anxious, sad, not good enough. My inner child immediately will feel I felt I'm not good enough.
0: And is that where the schema again comes in, like that deep and rooted belief that yes. I'm not good enough and, and it's just a constant
1: cycle of this? Exactly. We go and confirm again and again our core negative belief about ourselves. In this example, would be I'm not good enough. So in response to that, what we will do is as an adult, because I'm already an adult, although my inner child feels scared and not good enough, but as an adult, I will probably either go in overcompensation. So I'll be a perfectionist and still try my Mm -hmm. best to do things and have them under control or I will avoid completely or I will surrender. But also some people will go in child modes of angry. So I am irritable and angry and I shout and I scream. Yeah, that's a child mode. It's not an adult mode of functioning.
0: Can you talk a little bit about? I'm actually very interested in points of aggression. Why do some people become impulsive or aggressive when they feel things don't go their way or if they think that they're failing? Mm-hmm. Again, does it take it back to the to parent? Yes.
1: So by default, we are not angry, okay? Humans are not angry. Definitely children are not angry. Mm -hmm. And actually, when we see children that misbehave and they are angry and they're aggressive, we always look into trying to identify what the distress is, what the problem is, because it's a message. They're trying to explain to us they're going through some type of struggle there. So what happens when, as an adult, you are quite an angry adult? Anger always, it's a secondary emotion, so it will always be. Either I'm hurt or I'm scared. So Mm -hmm. what's behind anger is always I'm hurt or I am scared. Okay. Now, adults that manifest a lot of anger out there, in general, are people that put themselves under a lot of pressure. They have an inner critic or this maladaptive parent voice in their head that's very, very strong, Mm -hmm. maladaptive. So they're very critical to themselves, very demanding. They're very punitive to themselves. They very harsh on themselves. And because they have such a little tolerance towards their own mistakes, they will not be able to tolerate at all mistakes from others as well. And what we see out there, it's an angry child mode. Okay, they stay in angry child mode.
0: Yeah, we have so much unlearning or rewiring to do, because like you mentioned, it's all on a subconscious level that is ingrained in us. And that becomes our perceptions or limiting beliefs, not the actual truths. Now, in line with that, how about we talk about the inner child work? What do you think would be the first step in recognizing and healing these maladaptive thoughts or negative cognitive schemas about oneself?
1: first step is to connect with the inner child. So obviously, when people initially come to psychotherapy, they don't even realize that there's this inner child concept, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) And that's why we're trying to explain it here. So first thing we would do is make them understand and reconnect with their inner child. And that means basically to be in connection to their emotional needs, core emotional needs. We all have core emotional needs. Mm -hmm. And for the first phase of the intervention, in general, this is all I do with my people. I work with them so they can actually constantly be aware of what is their emotional need in each situation of their life. Can you clarify what these emotional needs are? Mm-hmm. So it goes back to childhood again, and it goes back to the fact that in children, they have core emotional needs that have to be met by their parents. And mm-hmm. when that does not happen, there'll always be a consequence. What are these core emotional needs? Let me just list them a little bit. There's obviously protection from harm, secure attachment and a stable base and predictability, love, nurturing and attention, empathy autonomy, acceptance of praise, validation of feelings and needs, realistic limits. So all of this are Mm -hmm. core emotional needs that have to be met by our parents. And when they're not, what happens is that we don't know how to respond to our own emotional needs as adults either. So let's say that I am an adult and all of a sudden I feel lonely and I have a strong need of feeling loved or affection. But I do not, I'm not capable to identify that emotional need. So I keep going and I keep going and I keep working and I keep doing my things. But in reality, what I need, emotionally speaking, is just some affection and love. But I don't even realize yeah, it. Wow. And, and most of people, they just go with the rhythm of life and they're not in connection with their mm-hmm. emotional needs. So what we learn. Through therapy is okay in every moment of your life. Identify what emotional need you have and try to respond to that.
0: So from my understanding, the first step initially would be awareness and recognition, trying to catch or recognize as you listed those emotional needs and our behavior.
1: Somehow, I would say just constantly check with yourself, so literally. I actually do something that is called chair work, and I make this dissociation between the parts that we have in us. So, we obviously have the inner child, Mm -hmm. we have an adult mode, functioning mode, and we have a parent voice in our head, right? We have these three that are with us in our life. And how I work with people at the beginning is I dissociate these three parts so then they will really identify and recognize their emotional needs. But the emotional needs are always being held by the inner child. Could you tell us a little bit about the adult mode that you mentioned? Right. So the adult mode, what do we actually want in life? We want to function from our adult mode, but from a healthy adult mode. What does it mean a healthy adult mode? We will function from a healthy adult mode only when we have an adaptive parent voice in our Mm -hmm. head that constantly keeps our inner child happy. I'll repeat, okay? As adults, we are functioning from an adult mode, right? Mm -hmm. We go to work, we do a lot of things in life. We are mostly in our adult mode. But the only way we will be in a good, positive, healthy healthy adult mode, functioning Mm -hmm. mode, is if we have a voice in our head that is the parent voice Mm -hmm. that is adaptive. By adaptive means what? I'm self compassionate, I'm supportive, I'm loving towards myself. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not critical and harsh and, mm-hmm. you know, really punitive. Judging um, yourself. Judging myself. So I'm loving towards myself. Right. I'm in a positive relationship with myself. So my parent voice is constantly listening to what my inner child needs and protects this inner child. And that's the way as
0: adult, I will behave and I will act and I will live my life from a healthy adult mode. So basically, it's the inner child that needs the core initial work. So if our inner child is happy, then that will reflect on adult mode and parent mode. Or in other words, if our inner child is happy and our traumas are resolved, we will then be healthy individuals psychologically. Exactly.
1: And a lot of the times, you know, I constantly work with my people and explain to them that being a healthy adult means that almost daily, you need to give space and you need to dedicate time to your inner child. And let your inner child play. You know when you see elderly people that are actually happy? Yes. Right? They're dancing, (laughs) they're making jokes. Because they allow their inner child to still Mm. play. Although they're old people, but they allow their inner child and they've (laughs) done that their whole life. So it's very important to still give to your inner child the ability to be playful from time to time. In healthy ways, but just to be playful.
0: Alina, that was beautifully said. Thank you so much for all this valuable information.
1: Maybe one episode we can actually do this on a piece of paper because in general, I put it on a piece of paper and I explain things uh, nicely. It's easier to understand it when you see it uh, on a piece visual, of paper. Visually. Absolutely. Yeah. But basically, this is the main is The inner child is the part of us that feels wants and needs. We have to listen to that part. We have to protect that part. That does not mean that we will keep that part undisciplined and responsible. <laughs> on the contrary, a happy child is a child that will achieve more and do better. Absolutely. And uh, self-confident and so on. So at the end of the day, it's about the relationship that we have with ourselves and keeping that in positive.
0: Alina, thank you so much once again. In the next episode... I think we should talk a little bit about seeking validation from others and how to learn self-love and acceptance, possibly going kind of in theme with this current episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a a great topic and goes well with the one that we've discussed today. And my pleasure (laughs) to be
0: here with you. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And yeah, don't forget to share our channel with your friends and family. Until next time.
1: Bye-bye.